Woke up quick at about noon. Friday post-draft edition of the podcast with Damian Barling here on this April 24th. Appreciate you so much tuning in. Appreciate your constant support of Vibe Health Bar, who's going out there to help our healthcare workers. Check the link here in this podcast where you can donate to their GoFundMe page, or if you're just out and about uh, grabbing a few things, some essential needs, uh, head over to Vibe Health Bar. They got curbside delivery, contactless delivery, where you can get your juices, your acai bowls, uh, your smoothies, your lunch packs, all of that good stuff right there. Uh, whether it's in Folsom, uh, on 8th Street in East Sacramento, or in Oak Park, uh, Vibe Health Bar has got you covered. Uh, what a night last night was. I was saying as uh, I, I was watching this, you know, if Tua Tonga-Vailoa gets drafted here at, at number five, it's probably going to be a, a, a pretty boring draft. And, well, it was, kind of, though we saw some things that I didn't quite expect. Uh, so let's get into this. There's a lot to talk about. We'll talk about the quarterbacks uh, that were taken, and well, quite a few of them. Obviously, none of them are getting the attention that Jordan Love is getting. The Green Bay Packers move up to the 26th pick to take Jordan Love. Quarterback Jordan Love. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what the 49ers were able to do and the Raiders as well. Uh, but let's just go over a couple of notes here from last night's draft. First, I, I, I thought the I thought the presentation was good. Uh, I thought the presentation was as good as it can be. I don't know why we needed Harry Connick Jr. at the beginning. I don't know why we needed the national anthem and all of that stuff. I, I don't know why we needed 15 minutes for Roger Goodell to announce that the Cincinnati Bengals were actually on the clock. I, I don't know why we needed all that stuff. Um, yeah, that, that was just a, a, a colossal miss. Um, I love the Roger Goodell changing outfits thing. I, I don't know. I, I can't figure out why that was happening. I love the fact that he was reading on a teleprompter and he learned that reading off a teleprompter is extremely difficult. I'm still a bit confused. He announced that the... Las Vegas was Las Vegas was gonna you know get an opportunity to host the NFL draft and according to Roger Goodell they were gonna get the opportunity to host the 2020 NFL draft. I thought for sure that Trey Wingo would clarify and he did sort of. He said that the Las Vegas Raiders were gonna host uh, the draft in a couple of years. So I thought, oh, wait a minute, when are they doing it? He said 2020. We I, I assumed he meant 2021. Uh, from uh, the NFL release that went out yesterday, it looks like that that's actually happening. Las Vegas is going to get the NFL draft in 2022. Uh, I have no idea who has it next year, to be completely transparent with you, but the Las Vegas will have it in 2022. Um, I thought Roger, oh, he was rough last night. Uh, he is so freaking robotic. And again, reading off of a prompter is hard. Having sat in with those guys on on CBS and you know watching Marshall and 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 Sarah and Joe Musso when he was here do their thing like reading off a prompter is really difficult uh, and it was very very clear by the way <laughs> by like Roger Goodell's frozen stature and the way his like head was moving that he was reading off of a prompter and it's it's tough to do he there he he has the card with the person's name on it like. Dude, you've got to improvise for literally like ten seconds, maybe not even ten seconds, maybe like eight. And I, I thought, I thought that was weird. Hopefully, hopefully we never have to do a virtual draft again. But if we do, and I assume we're going to have one in the NBA, maybe Adam Silver learns. Hey, let's just not read off the of teleprompters here, unless you're completely used to it. 
Uh, there were four quarterbacks taken in the first round, including three in the top six overall picks. That's just the third time that's happened in the common draft there in 1971 and 1999 are the other times that those happened. And the teams who took quarterbacks so far uh, are be looking to will be looking to repeat the success of the last time they drafted a quarterback this high. Joe Burrow, last time the Cincinnati Bengals drafted a quarterback this high was Carson Palmer. Tuatonga Vailoa, last time the Miami Dolphins drafted a quarterback this high was Bob Greasy. Justin Herbert for the Los Angeles Chargers, the last time they drafted a quarterback this high was, well, actually it was Eli Manning. We know what that ultimately tuned into, turned into, but facts are facts. And then Jordan Love, uh, the last time that the Green Bay Packers took a quarterback this high was Aaron Rodgers in 2005. So again, we'll we'll get to the we'll get to the Green Bay Packers story. We'll get to the Jordan Love Aaron Rodgers uh, dynamic. Uh, it's not very often. I mean, Joe Burrow's walking into a really good situation here. It's pretty rare that a number one overall pick, a, a quarterback that's been taken number one overall, is going to a franchise that has an accomplished wide receiver. Uh, to the likes of, you know, A.J. Green. It's actually only the second time since 1967 that a team with a seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver has drafted a quarterback number one overall. The other instance in which this happens, and you'd have to go way back to last year when Kyler Murray was taken number one overall to go play with 11-time Pro Bowler Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, LSU and Alabama uh, in the SEC overall, they were looking pretty good. Uh, LSU led all schools with five first-round picks. Uh, that puts just the ultimate exclamation point on the phenomenal year that they had as a program. It's tied for the second most in first-round picks uh, in any NFL draft. Uh, Miami had six uh, back in 2004, and then, of course, LSU of 2020. Ohio State of 2016, Ohio State of 2006, Miami of 2002, and USC in 1968. They all had five first-round picks. Alabama, they had four first-round picks this year, uh, tied for the most in Alabama history. All four picks were within the top 15, and that's tied for the most top 15 picks in the common draft era, which, again, is since 1967. All four were offensive players. Um, with Tua Tonga-Vailoa going fifth overall, he became the first Alabama quarterback under Nick Saban to go in the first round. Uh, Saban is now the first head coach to produce a first-round pick at every position. The SEC accounted for 15 of the 32 picks on Thursday, most in a single first round in NFL draft history. Uh, the SEC became the first conference to have six players selected in the top 10 picks of a single draft, and the SEC became the first conference to have 10 players selected in the top 20 picks of a single draft. And I feel like, of course, this is a very opinionated remark, that that pales in comparison to what Ohio State did. Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and Jeff Okuda were all in Ohio State uniforms at one point. Joe Burrow, of course, transferred. Like, think about that. I thought Joe Burrow's interview with, 
Susie Colbert was really good. And I know there was like multiple different versions of coverage on. I had the ESPN version on uh, as I was watching Trey Wingo and Daniel Jeremiah and Michael Irvin. Uh, I was watching those guys on ESPN and they had an interview with Joe Burrow and Susie Colbert. And Susie said something to the effect of, you know, she kind of chuckled. She was like, you know, entering last year, Mel Kuyper had you, you know, a, a sixth round pick. He had you graded as a sixth round pick. And now here you are as the number one overall pick. And I love this response because you don't hear it very often. He was like, yeah, I wasn't very good my junior year. And he, like this guy was so self-aware. He was so aware of what his college career was uh, until he got to play with Ed Orgeron at LSU. He's like, yeah, I, I get it. Like I, I, I wasn't very good, but I knew I was going to, I knew all I could do was focus on getting better, and all of that came to fruition in my year with LSU. But I think it's amazing that the first three picks of the NFL draft uh, all at one point were Ohio State uniforms. And last night, there was just a magnet. To me, I mean, LSU was great. Not taking away that from a heartbeat. I had always said if Ohio, I thought Ohio State was going to beat LSU in the national championship. The problem is Ohio State didn't get there. And that was just when you like looking back, like, man, that team was so loaded. Like that Buckeye team was so loaded and they didn't get to the national championship. That's a game I, and, and that's that, you know, that's the one. You know, that's the downer about single elimination. That's the downer about how some of this, you know, kind of plays out as LSU or, you know, they had built up all year, all year, all year. Ohio State had built up all year, all year, all year. And I was ready for this collision course, and it just didn't happen. Ohio State didn't hold up its end of the bargain. Um, let's go back, let's just stick with Joe Burrow here uh, for a couple of minutes. Of course, he was the 2019 uh, Heisman Trophy winner. He received uh, 90.7% of the first place votes. That's, that's the biggest landslide in Heisman trophy winner. He's the, he's the uh, third straight and 14th overall Heisman trophy winner to be drafted. Number one overall. He's the second LSU quarterback drafted number one overall since 1967. Everybody remember who the first one is? Of course you do. Let's all say his name together. Jamarcus Russell in 2007. Uh, he's not only the third straight Heisman Trophy winner uh, to be drafted at number one overall, he's the third straight transfer quarterback to be drafted number one overall. Remember Kyler Murray transferred? Remember Baker Mayfield transferred? Uh, as did Joe Burrow, which we just outlined a few moments ago. He's the first SEC quarterback to be drafted at number one overall since the currently unemployed Cam Newton was drafted at number one overall in 2011. He's the fifth player taken number one overall from the reigning FBS national champion. The last one, also the unemployed Cam Newton. He set all sorts of single season records last uh, last year, including uh, passing touchdowns and touchdowns that he was responsible for. Um, Bengals have had four straight losing seasons. Bengals haven't won a playoff game since 1990. That's the longest active drought in the NFL. They have not won a playoff game since 1990. The Bengals, 37. That is their team total QBR last season. 
37. It's the lowest QBR since the NFL began tracking that stat in 2016. The point I'm making here is the Bengals were really, really bad at the quarterback position last year. As a matter of fact, the Bengals have been really bad virtually everywhere. And you know where it starts with? It starts with the draft. They haven't drafted a pro bowler. They haven't drafted what would be a future pro bowler at any position since 2013. The fourth time, uh, this is the Bengals' fourth time picking number one overall. Of course, the last time they did it uh, it was Carson Palmer in 2003. Joe Burrow is the sixth quarterback the Bengals have selected in the first round. None of the previous five won a playoff game or had a winning record as a starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I don't know if that means the bar is really low or the bar is really high for him. Um, I, I, I have to imagine... you. You obviously, you're the Bengals. You want to get to the playoffs. But this team is, you know, Marvin Lewis is, is he, much as he was the butt of so many jokes, deservedly so, he, he actually took the Bengals to the playoffs. I, I think his MO was, ah, we'll just go every other year. Like, every time my job is in danger, I'm going to make sure that this team makes the playoffs. He just never won. So as bad as this team has been, it's like getting to the playoffs is a sure, like that's, okay, that's a victory. That's a, you know, small victories along the way. That's a victory for the Cincinnati Bengals. But I got to imagine that fan base is just dying for an actual win in the postseason. And by all accounts, man, and, you know, you the, the, the praise was just heaped upon him last night. And we This was Joe Burrow's draft. It was Joe Burrow's draft all along, despite the fact. And we knew it was Joe Burrow's draft because, Cincinnati needed a quarterback. Now, what would have happened if Washington was drafting number one? Uh, what would have happened if Detroit was drafting number one? Would Chase Young, who, and I'm sure you heard this, you know, we talked about it yesterday on the podcast. We've talked about it for months, and I'm sure you heard it on the telecast yesterday. Chase Young is probably the best football player in this draft. He is going to have... And here, I feel like I have a series of confessions I have to make uh, today. Friday confessions. First confession is when we were talking about Washington earlier in the week, I completely forgot that Ron Rivera was their coach. And I knew that, I knew that Jay Gruden wasn't. And, and as I was talking, and then I was talking about Washington and the dysfunction of that organization, I could not remember who their coach was. I had completely forgot until I saw Ron Rivera sitting in his... So some of these draft rooms were just great. Like, you know, Kyle Shanahan and 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 John Lynch, they just look like they they look like they were just in their like little home office, just like a tiny, tiny, like nondiscreet little room in their house and you know, they're handling business. Cliff Kingsbury, that looked like dude, he that looked like a scene out of a men's fashion magazine. Like that was extraordinary. I was looking at that picture earlier. And I remember when they showed him live, I was like, holy sh- Cliff Kingsbury's house. Like, okay, he's right there in the mountains of Arizona. I'm with that. Okay, that works. That works. I'm, I'm a Cliff Kingsbury fan just because. Of, and he's got like loafers on. Like he's dressed to the T. Like he's doing it. He's got two bottles of water. Staged. It was the most staged photo ever, but it was brilliant. 
he had a fire pit. This is the thing that I kept, like, I kept staring at as I, I looked at the pictures that were circulating on social media uh, last night. It looks like he has a fire pit that's on, by the way, in Arizona. It's on, and it's built into the ground, and there isn't a stitch of furniture around it. It's like now where the optics like, hey, was somebody like, dude, I got a great idea. Let's move all of the furniture out of the way. It'll get a clear shot of the mountains and we'll just turn the fire pit on like right in the middle of your backyard. Cliff Kingsbury is like is he is life right now. And what were the headphones? Why did it? Why? Why did you know every play like that? That had to have been some sort because everybody was wearing the same headphones. That had to have been some sort of, I don't know what that was. Because it, it, they, they must have been linked up somehow. Because it's not like they were listening to music. I don't think they were talking on the phone. Because like, normally it's Bose, right? Isn't Bose a big NFL sponsor? Was Bose just like, hey, can you get Andy Reid to put on these headphones? Can you get, you know, I think, I don't remember if Chase Young had them on. I know Joe Burrow did. I felt like everybody had the headphones on. Like, what were the headphones connected to? Were they connected to the, like, audio of the the draft? Were they connected to, you know, were they actually on the phone with, like, their their people? Watching Mike Mayock. Because <laughs> Mike Mayock had his setup with the camera in front of him, and then behind him was the was the actual TV. And watching him... Watch, you know, the monitor and then turn around to see if the monitor had hit the live television yet was cracking me up. It was absolutely cracking me up. And then you have the, what was it, Vrabel's house? I think it was Mike Vrabel where there may or may not have been someone uh, um, handling their business in an open door bathroom. Going full uh, smoky on the side of the house. Somehow that picture has surfaced on on social media last night. Uh, after that, that shot for Vrabel's house went live. And of course, it all pales in comparison to what happened to KCRA earlier this week. So that's it's always fun when Sacramento gets get some attention. I really diverted. I was trying to talk about Chase Young and what a great football player he is. How he led. Uh, the nation in sacks last year and how he led the nation in forced fumbles. He set a single season Ohio State sack record last year. He has the second highest pressure percentage among defensive linemen since 2019. Dude is great. He's not good. He's great. Uh, The Washington, they ranked last in uh, third down percentage last year. They ranked 26th in pressure percentage last year, and they allowed 53 rushing first downs with two or fewer yards to go last season. That is the most in the NFL. Washington also allowed a league worst 7.1 yards per rush outside the tackles. That's Chase Young territory. Those things are are, going to come to an end. Those stats are going to come to an end uh, this year for Washington. Uh, The question is, uh, how can Ron Rivera maximize him? How can Ron Rivera get that offense, particularly Dwayne Haskins, who I still believe I'm going to die on this hill, is going to be a good football player? How can they or he get him 
to limit mistakes? How can Ron Rivera get um, Dwayne Haskins to limit his mistakes? And how can Ron Rivera and his coaching staff build that entire defensive unit around Chase Young, a guy who I think, you know, last year there was a whole lot of talk about Nick Bosa in the in the uh, seasonal awards that he deserves. That conversation is going to be had this year with Chase Young. Nick Bosa is going to, or Chase Young is going to be to Washington what Nick Bosa was to San Francisco last year. And to think that those guys were in the, 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 in the same defensive meetings is just, you know, it's just incredible. Um, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, he was uh, taken at number five by the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins took a lot of, they took a lot of guesswork out of the draft with this pick. Um, they've got a lot of building to do. But Tua's, I know you remember, I know people remember the injury. I know the hip has been focused on, the wrist has been focused on, the ankles have been focused on. He does a lot of things that are really, really good. I mean, remember Tank for Tua? This was the guy who was the number one overall pick in the draft. This was the guy who, you know, everybody was all about him. Like, it was him. It was Tua. And, you know, then that, that injury hit. And that changed the game a little bit. It not changed the game a little bit. It changed the game a lot. And, the, you know, it, it, well, if it's not if it's not five and it's not six, then it's going to wind up being 20-something. If it's not 20-something, someone's going to have to move up to draft him because his options are going to kind of start running out. But again, my and I, this was the right call. We've, we've talked about this for weeks. I'm a Tua fan. This was the right call. I thought this was worst draft room, I think, goes to Brian Flores, who looked like he couldn't care less about any of this. He just... I think he had uh, two kids. I think they were both daughters. Um, I, it, that's really what I was watching. It's like, man, I, like Mike Mayock's got like three girls. Right? Were those all of his kids? All three of them girls? But I, I did enjoy that aspect of it as I get diverted a third time. I did enjoy, you know, because these aren't things we normally see. I certainly feel bad for, uh, you know, the athletes not getting to walk across the stage, not getting to hug Roger Goodell as it was pointed out to me last night. They hug Roger Goodell because it's the only time that they like him. And then the second they become a part of that players union and they realize what he's all about, they don't like him anymore. Um, I love the scene of, I think it was a CeeDee Lamb who snatched his phone away from his girlfriend's hand. <laughs> if you haven't seen that video yet, you got to go see it. It's funny. It's just camera was on at the wrong time uh, for that family. Uh, but Tua took a lot of guesswork out of the draft. The, specifically, the Miami Dolphins took a lot of guesswork out of the draft by taking Tua Tonka-Vailoa uh, at number five. Uh, Dolphins passers ranked 31st in QBR when using play action. Tua ranked fourth in the nation in play action QBR. Dolphins passers ranked 22nd in QBR when blitzed. Tua ranked fifth in the nation in QBR when blitzed. He's good. He's got to stay healthy, but he's good. And the Dolphins are desperately still chasing their quarterback. They have not had a Pro Bowl quarterback since you-know-who, the Weight Watchers ghost that looms over that franchise, Dan Marino, in 1995. Uh, we'll get to the 49ers and the Raiders here in just a minute. want to show some love to Sky Natural CBD real quick before we move on 
uh, to Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Sky Natural CBD, they still got great sales going on uh, right now. If you haven't tried their bomb yet, I've been work. I've been trying to use utilize this time the best I can, and um, I've been spending. You know, I'm I'm really really fortunate that I have uh, a, a a very a very functional and usable home gym at my house. So I have been able to, you know, focus a lot on, you know, these various podcast projects that we're working on. And, and I've been able to focus on um, my training. And the more I focus on my training, the more I need that, <laughs> the more I need my Sky Natural CBD, uh, whether it's the bomb that goes on my skin or the hemp oil that goes under my tongue, man, I am all about those products. You could try those products right now. Uh, they have sales going on, 35% off. If you use the promo code in the game, that will get you an additional 15% off your order. That'll be good for a total of 50% off your order. You will get half off of everything you purchase if you go to skynaturalcbd.com and use the promo code in the game. So go check them out. Appreciate your support of them. I got another confession to make. I promise we're going to get to Jordan Love, 49ers, Raiders, all of that stuff here in just a minute. I have another confession. I confess that I forgot who the coach for Washington was. I feel like I have to tell you this because I feel like it's wrong and I have to confess it. On Wednesday, I went and got a haircut. It had been six weeks and I know you're not supposed to. And I had done really, really good with this um, social distancing and quarantine and isolating. And I know that Brothers was like, oh, my hairline is a disaster. And we were all just looking crazy with the bad hair. And I had even grown a beard for like two weeks. And it looked like crap. And I felt terrible for anyone who had to even look at me. And thankfully, not very many people did. I don't know that anybody did in those two weeks. But I think my mom did on FaceTime. Thank God she didn't say anything. But I was, it was killing my self-esteem. I was like, dude, I look like shit. But I have a relationship. I called my, I was like, bro. I know you got a set up at the house, man. Like, can I, like, are you, are you, like, you safe? Like, are we good? Like, I, I can't look at myself anymore. He was like, yeah, man, come on, come on. He had gloves and the mask and we're like lathering up and hand sanitizers. The most ridiculous thing, but necessary thing. And then I felt guilty about it because I know not everybody could do that. Okay. I feel guilty that I went and got a haircut. And then I, I like, I'm telling you, dude, it was, it was, my self-esteem was just getting slapped in the face every time I looked in the mirror. Like the night before I shaved, I was like, I got to get rid of this. I look, I look like an absolute idiot. Next time I get on a Zoom call, man, they're going to throw me off for, for that. I've been wanting to confess that, so I feel better now that I've told you. I don't know how Aaron Rodgers feels this morning. Um, the Packers traded up. And took Jordan Love twenty uh, sixth uh, in the first round of the NFL draft. This is the first. Jordan Love is the first offensive skill player, meaning quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or tight end that the Packers have drafted in the first round since Aaron Rodgers in two thousand five. Think about that for a second. The Packers haven't drafted a skill position player to accompany their quarterback ever in 15 years of drafting. And even now with the, the first round of the 2020 draft in the books, they have still not selected a player to accompany Aaron Rodgers on the offensive end. 
Now they drafted a quarterback to, I guess, be the heir apparent. Aaron Rodgers isn't really known for taking this type of stuff well. Like, I don't, I, I, he, this, this has so much like NFL drama written all over it uh, that it's going to be fun. The move is similar to the last time the Green Bay Packers drafted a quarterback in the first round. Of course, that was Aaron Rodgers. Here's how it's how. Here's how it's similar. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was drafted on April 23rd, 2005. Jordan Love was drafted on April 23rd, 2020. The starting quarterback, obviously, in 2005 was Brett Favre. He was 35 years old. The starting quarterback in 2020 is Aaron Rodgers, and he's 36. Hmm. Okay, this is the third straight year a team with a Super Bowl-winning quarterback on their roster drafted a quarterback in the first round. Joe Flacco in Baltimore. How'd that work out for him when Lamar Jackson was drafted? Eli Manning, New York Giants. How'd it work out for him when Daniel Jones was drafted? This has happened five times since 2000, and in each of the previous four instances, it worked out to varying degrees. We mentioned Daniel Jones. He, you know, that that book hasn't been written yet, but there are some people who thought he had a very good, uh, very good might be a stretch, he had a good rookie season. Promising might be the right word. Lamar Jackson, that worked out very, very well for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Kurt Warner led the Cardinals to a Super Bowl trip, even though uh, Matt Leinart was a bust. That was another one. And Aaron Rodgers led the Packers to a Super Bowl, um, and he was drafted to, I guess, learn behind Brett Favre. So is that what we're looking at here? Is Jordan Love really the successor to Aaron Rodgers? And if I, I wonder, you know what stat I should have looked up is when was the last time? Damn it, I thought I had this stat too. When was the last time a quarterback was drafted in the first round but didn't play a single game? Their rookie year. Now, I know the first name that's going to come to your head is Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes played the last game of the regular season. And I know, I know that we're, 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 that's semantics here at this point, but he did. He played the last game of the regular season. Got it right here. Jordan Love. Um, the last time a quarterback was picked in the first round and didn't start at all his rookie season was Jake Locker in 2011. Of the five active quarterbacks with the most career wins, that's Brady, that's Breeze, that's Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, and Phillip Rivers, only Ben Roethlisberger started games as a rookie. So that is that is the drama. That is the soap opera story that developed there. Uh, and, you know, what makes this so good is if it was Jordan Love you know, if it was Jordan Love being drafted in, like Indianapolis, for example, which is I, I really thought that Indianapolis might that w w this might explain the one year deal with Philip Rivers, even if they you know extended Philip Rivers during the season, or Philip Rivers decided he wanted to play one more year or whatever. You still have Jordan Love there, and having him, you know, this this you know, I look back at the brilliance of the Baltimore Ravens 
taking Lamar Jackson with the last pick of the first round and what that did contractually for them. You know, the, you know, everyone will tell you the key to winning a Super Bowl, the key to building a Super Bowl contender is getting there while your quarterback is still cheap. Now, Carson Wentz wasn't there, but he set the Philadelphia Eagles up awfully nicely before he got his contract extension the year the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. I mean, I, you know, of recent teams that have been to the Super Bowl, Matt Ryan is an exception. Matt Ryan had big money. Obviously, Tom Brady, you know, makes his contracts. He always takes these, you know, team-friendly deals. You look at the Los Angeles Rams. They they got there before golf's big money kicked in. There are a lot of people who thought. I thought the Cowboys draft. You know, I I I like the Cowboys draft pick yesterday when I saw when 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 I realized that it, uh, the Jets had skipped on a wide receiver and that it might play out for uh, one of those prominent three wide receivers to wind up in Dallas. It was I was positive that Jerry Jones from his $250 million yacht, was going to draft a wide receiver. He loves the sexy. Like that's, that's what he does. They have a lot of defensive issues that they're going to have to address tonight and over the course of the next few days. But he, he loves the sexy and, and you know, that adding, um, uh, do they get CeeDee Lamb? Adding, you know, uh, the wide receivers with, you know, a wide receiver like CeeDee Lamb with um, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Well, that's some speed up. I think Dak's brother passed away yesterday. I, I, was, like, I was sad to read that. I think Dak, uh, his brother did the, um, he's 31 years old, man. He did the, uh, I think it, 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 one of those soup commercials, like the Campbell soup commercials. He had his brothers on there with him. And that was a, a certainly a, a, a sad thing to read as as the draft went along. But uh, from a football standpoint, I think the Cowboys are happy with what they were able to do yesterday. Uh, it sure would be nice if they got their quarterback locked up long term, however. Uh, 49ers, they went with, uh, 49ers had two picks. They traded back from 13 all the way to 14. All right. All right. I'm with it. Like, all right, cool. Uh, so they traded. They traded back one. I think the the deal as it was laid out was the 49ers, They dealt picks thirteen and two forty five to the Buccaneers um, for number fourteen and one hundred and seventeen. So they moved up quite a bit. You know they were able to get into the one seventeen was at the third round of the draft uh, with this deal by only moving back one slot where they took a defensive tackle. Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. Um, he's the fifth defensive lineman picked by the San Francisco 49ers in the first round since 2015. That is an extraordinary stat. Five defensive linemen picked by the San Francisco 49ers in the first round since 2015. Uh, he, he was a first-team AP All-American, uh, first-team All-SEC as well. Nine and a half sacks one lined up at defensive tackle. Uh, he is amazing at getting to the ball, and I guess it's it's as simple as this. The 49ers traded DeForest Buckner to the Colts for this draft pick, you know, 13 to 14, like, you know, you know what I'm saying here, but they, they traded for this spot in the draft and just drafted his replacement. 
a younger, cheaper version of them. And that's how you've got, I mean, you know, we'll see if it winds up working out for them or not, but you have to navigate that salary cap somehow. And you, you look at, you know, the Cowboys, and I know we're talking about what they're, you know, a a lot of attention goes to, goes to Dak and, you know, all of these skilled position players that they have, but they have so many really skilled players. They've got to throw a lot of money at them. Well, NFL has a hard cap. There's no flex spending like they do in the like in the NBA, where if you're willing to pay a massive luxury tax, uh, you can you can go over like that. That's not how it works in the NFL. And they use that 25th pick to get a wide receiver. I I definitely thought Jerry Judy's name was going to be called. Uh, I definitely thought the 49ers were going to take a, a, a wide receiver at 13 or what wound up being 14. I thought that that's what they were going to do, but they had their eyes set on Brandon Oak from Arizona state. Uh, and they knew that they could get him at the 25th pick. It's the highest pick that the 49ers have used on a wide receiver since taking Michael Crabtree 10th overall in the 2009, uh, NFL draft. He has zero fumbles lost on 99 career scrimmage touches at Arizona State. The 49ers, uh, they took three wide receivers in the first three rounds of the previous two drafts. That is the most in the NFL. Uh, 49ers wide receivers averaged 9.1 air yards per target last season. That's the second lowest in the NFL. And Emmanuel Sanders was the only wide receiver on the team with a reception of 30-plus air yards last year. Of course, Emmanuel Sanders is now a member of the New Orleans Saints. Your Las Vegas Raiders, and it was weird seeing LV up there. Um, It was weird hearing Las Vegas over and over again. Um, It was weird seeing Las Vegas when they kept doing that air shot, and it was empty. And I guess the stadium is done. The stadium looks interesting. Like, of course, it's black. Why wouldn't you want to have a black stadium in the middle of the desert? Like, I, I get it. It's the Raiders stadium. But still, I was like, holy crap, that's a black stadium. And it is like, sh- it is it is the, and, and I'm with it. There's nothing better, to, like, in terms of you see all of these teams coming out with different jerseys and all of that stuff. The Raiders silver and black is it's money. I love their all-white jerseys that they wore during um, one of the Color Rush games. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, uh, but it's that that silver and black is pretty freaking iconic. And they got Henry Ruggs, the third wide receiver out of Alabama, one of a handful of wide receivers from Alabama to get drafted uh, last night. He is third highest Alabama wide receiver drafted um, behind Amari Cooper, who was taken fourth in 2015, and Julio Jones, who was taking sixth in 2011. Henry Ruggs here taken 12th by the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, 24 career touchdowns for Henry Ruggs, third, that's third most in Alabama history. Six receptions on go routes. Three of them were for touchdowns. He caught four slant passes. So Derek Carr is the quarterback. Is that it? Like, are, are we gearing up towards a... Are we gearing up towards a Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota... Um, training camp battle. Like, I, I is that what we're looking at? When's training camp? Like, does anybody think training camp's really going to happen? Like, we're what? What month is it? April, 
May, June. Well, we're still a few months away. I guess I guess we could wait and see see what happens there. It seems far. Everything feels when you got a. It's so jarring to me. Like I don't go a lot of places. I know I made the joke about feeling guilty, and it wasn't really a joke. I actually do feel guilty that I was able to. I feel guilty about a lot of things sometimes. Like I'm very fortunate to have like a home gym here to be able to work out in, and I'm you know was be fortunate enough to go like be able to go see my barber in his house and know that we were you know, taking all of the precautions and getting cut in the, you know, uh, garage and doing all of these different things, not really even being able to hold the normal type of conversation we would hold. Like, but it's so jarring to go to the store realizing like I've got gloves on and, you know, people are walking around with masks. Like I can't, I had to, you know, I'm like a, like a 70 year old lady now going to the grocery store with my list on a piece of paper. I used to have like a checklist with everything that I needed to buy at the store on my phone and then I could just check it off and it would disappear as I go along. Like, got it? Check. It's gone. Got it? Check. It's gone. I look at my phone. The list is gone. Boom. I'm ready to go. Well, I can't. I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to grab all of these items out of the store and then, t- you know, reach in and grab my phone out of my pocket. So it's so like it's so jarring to me to like think like, OK, is this going to end at some point soon? Because I'm trying to envision training camp and I'm trying to vision all of these different things. So are we just going to go from, you know, zero to 100 and training camp is a couple of months away. But like where, you know, we've been at this for over a month now. And it's not like things are better. I mean, I, I know I and, and I know that, you know, flattening the curve and California is doing well and yay and he was talking about reopening the economy see that clip of the Las Vegas mayor like dear god like we're so collectively uninformed on what exactly is going on right now and so I'm just trying to envision a scenario where these guys get together for training camp you know we we used to go to training camp and you know, being there and seeing all that goes into it and how many people that are there and seeing all the fans of the silver and black there and all of that stuff. I'm just like, I can't go to the store without gloves and a mask on. And now I'm trying to envision training camp happening in two months. And it's like, it's almost like we just keep waiting for someone to go, okay, all better. Safe to go outside. Like that's not, that's that, that day isn't coming. Um, It's going to, come like to a certain level, but like what and when? So every time I think about like, oh, like Henry Ruggs, think about what the 49ers did. Think about this Jordan Love drama. Think about, you know, what can Joe Burrows do in his first year and Chase Young going to be dominant? Like we're doing this all under the assumption that the NFL season is actually going to happen. And I had always been adamant. Like, I, don't, I don't think that anything is going to happen this year. And then I realized I'm absolutely idiotic. The NFL damn near runs the entire country. They are not giving up any money that NBC pays them. They are not giving up any money that ESPN and ABC pay them. Absolutely none. Jerry Jones will stand in front of the entire NFL and say, you will die from coronavirus on national television before I cancel the game. Of course, he'll do it on a video call from his $250 million yacht, where I'm sure he is. Completely safe. The Raiders had the third fewest receptions uh, and fourth fewest receiving yards by a wide receiver in 2019. Uh, Derek Carr threw the third most passes to running backs and tight ends last season. He threw 275 uh, such passes uh, last year. 
Uh, he also averaged, he being Derek Carr, also averaged a league low 6.2 air yards per attempt in 2019. So that's where the Raiders, it's where the first night of the Raiders uh, and 49ers kind of shake out here. A couple of things as we wrap up the week, as always, appreciate you so much uh, for tuning in. I'm trying to, you know, I tried to do this last year where, you know, you usually do these, what's popular in radio are these like, you know, either or segments like, uh, you know, truth or trash or I know Deuce and Mo used to do that. I can't, we, we used to do something like that. Um, I can't remember what our segment was called on the lowdown, but it, you, you know, like we, we had best and worst of the weekends, loves and hates and all of that different stuff. So I told you last year, I, I was trying to be more positive. So I decided I was going to do likes and loves for the NFL draft instead of doing love and hate. And like, let's just spread positivity. Like I'll, t- I'll tell you something that I, I really liked. I'm going to give the Denver Broncos credit. I like the Broncos getting Jerry Judy to go with Drew, go with uh, Drew Locke. I like that. I think that that works. I think that that shows that you are building around a young quarterback. You are attempting to build a young offense. You're going to have to start working on that defensive uh, side of the ball as well because as great as Von Miller is, he's getting old. You might have, oh, sorry, he's getting older. You might have missed the golden opportunity to move him last year, but if he comes out this year and he starts strong, you might have an ability to uh, accumulate a couple of draft picks for him uh, before the trade deadline. I know trade deadline deals aren't big things in the NFL, though I think this is when we saw you know, Amari Cooper move to the Dallas Cowboys, but was around the trade deadline. But I I, I like this move by the Denver Broncos. Um, I loved the 49ers replacing DeForest Buckner. Uh, makes complete sense. Younger, uh, cheaper. You've got you've to gotta manage that salary cap. And I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are doing a good job of that. Uh, loved Cliff Kingsbury's house. Loved the photo shoot that he did <laughs> for the live shot of his house. Absolutely loved uh, the whole Cliff Kingsbury setup. I am Cliff Kingsbury's number one fan after that. Everything. I, I want, I'm considering digging a hole in my backyard and making it a fire pit and putting no furniture around it just so I can have something like what Cliff Kingsbury had at his house there in Arizona. Uh, liked Michael Irvin, who looked like a preacher at a summer Sunday service in a church that had no air conditioning. He had the bright red suit on. Uh, he clearly has not been lined up during the coronavirus. He was sweating. Uh, and just he speaks with that with that 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 preacher uh inflection and so i i liked michael irvin's uh yesterday liked roger goodell's outfit change because i don't know when i know like i don't know how long i was oblivious to it until i just sat there looking at the screen like did he change outfits and i loved his attempt his being roger goodell i loved his attempt at showing he had a personality he doesn't have a personality at all he's damn near robotic but I love that he tried to show a personality. Uh, f- failed miserably. But I love that he tried for no other reason than it made me laugh. And watching him read that prompter as his eyes kind of moved from side to side. Is, the, is it possible? 
because remember, it's the owners that run the NFL, not the commissioner. The commissioner works for the owners. We all know that. Is it possible that Jerry stood in front of those owners, in front of those other owners, and said, we need the blandest, boringest son of a bitch you can think of. We can march him out there in front of everybody to essentially, you know, be boring. And someone said, I got it. Roger Goodell. He's been working in the league office for years. Let's put that guy at the commissioner. It's worked out brilliantly. He has no personality. He tried to, hey, hey, I get it. Like, you, there are certain things you do. You tried to do the boo gimmick at the start. They did the, you know, the the thing with the fans, and he was trying to interact with them. Man, I'm sure outside of running the NFL, Roger Goodell is probably a, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But, man, he has got to be in the, he just, he's got to be in the worst position in sports. Like he is the puppet of the owners and he's just so bland and so boring that when he tries to be funny or when he tries to have a personality, it comes across as so unnatural. Like when Adam silver talks, you know, people say, well, Adam silver looks like such a nerd, but when Adam silver talks like he, Adam silver has a charisma about him. David Stern, had a charisma about him. Roger Goodell has no charisma at all. He he was like the use a old WWE term. He's like Lance Storm. Anybody remember Lance Storm from from you know the the or mid ish late nineties early two thousands? Great wrestler, great wrestler, just dry, like no personality. It's Roger Goodell. And that's where I'm going to leave today's show. That's where, that's where we're leaving this week with a Lance Storm reference. Uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, be happy this weekend. Be safe this weekend. Enjoy a couple of more days of the NFL draft. We will uh, gather up all the information and bring it back to you here on Monday again. So thank you so much for uh, tuning in and continuing to support this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and allowing me uh, to be a part of whatever your day looks like right now. Please know that I never, ever take that for granted. I greatly appreciate it. So uh, again, uh, be safe, stay healthy, and we'll be back here Monday on the podcast with Damian Barley.